Church is not just a gathering of saved people. It's a, it's a gathering of hurt people. And that, that's what it is. I mean, it just, if I was right now to say, how many of you have something going on in your life right now? You'd be like, yeah, yeah I do. I mean, it's, and it could be all over the place. It doesn't, doesn't have to be the loss of someone. It can be the fact that you're financially going through a hard time or the fact that you have a child that you love so much and he's wayward and not connected to God or not connected to you. Goes the other way, where it's the fact that you're just alone, and it's you, you, you've gone through something, or you're a widow, or whatever. And um, in Luke chapter eight, there's a crowd of people. Now I'm going to be honest. I've I've studied this passage with you guys from another angle, and I and just from this stuff, I wanted to look at it, this crowd from a different perspective. All these people came to see Jesus, and it reminds me of a Sunday. It reminds me of a Wednesday. All, all of us are coming in saying, we've come here to worship Jesus, and that's, that's a good thing to do. But the Bible gives us a glimpse into the lives of these two hurting people. And God tells us a story, and they're simultaneous. They overlap. That The story is actually kind of weaving in and out of each other. And they're hurting people in the midst of a crowd. They're hurting people in the midst of a congregation, in the midst of a group of people wanting to see Jesus. And so a lot of times these people come in like this, smile on their face, thumbs up, things are going good, you know, and that's why I was even saying when we were shaking hands, guys, we've got to be real with each other. Now, I know sometimes you don't want to be, you know, you know, you stay away from some people because it's like, how are you doing? Well, you know, they're always, you know, so that I, I know there's some people like that, but at the same time, there's also the other type of people that you never share your problems or feelings or hard times with anybody. And I've found out about people that have gone through surgeries that I didn't know about. Cancer scares. They didn't tell anybody. It's just part of life, and you, you don't have to go through it alone. You shouldn't go through it alone. And the fact that the Bible says that we're the body of Christ and we're all connected, that the way that God created us was to be connected. We should be, and sometimes we are not like we should be, and we've got to fix that. We've got to fix that, because if it's not fixed, it's not right. If people come here and they're not getting help, then where are they going to get help? And I'm saying even amongst people in the crowd right now, uh, maybe you. And I think there's two ways to look at this message. I think you should, some of you will identify with these two people that are in the crowd. And I think some of us need to identify with Jesus because sometimes you're going to be the hurting and sometimes you need to be the helper, one side of it or another. But here's what's going on in this passage. And it came to pass, uh, in Luke chapter 8, verse 40, it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting on him. You know, this is church. He was like, hey, let's get together. Are you ready? Just like Pastor Drew opened the, uh, the service this morning when he came out and said, how many of you are excited to be here today? Everybody's like, praise God, we should be. Man, we anticipate this. They were waiting on him. They wanted to be there. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he only had one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. So I, I even think of the, the situation. It was busy. It was crowded. Because I, th I think that can be a danger. When we're so busy and crowded and I mean, there's a lot going on, a lot of pressing. That's what it was. They, they thronged him. There was a lot happening at that time, a lot on his mind of people wanting his attention and things like this. So I want to divide this 
story in half. I want to I look at it from the perspective of the hurting people and then that from the, the helper or the healer, which was Jesus. So we start with the hurting. You know, I, I know we read these things as, as a Bible event, but imagine this guy, Jarius, comes up, and the Bible's descriptive. Did you see that? He comes up, and he's got a 12-year-old daughter. I, my daughter's right there, sitting next to Katrina, and I've got a 12-year-old daughter. You want to see me go in the crazy mode? Come tell me that my 12-year-old daughter is about to die, or my 12-year-old daughter is sick, and this is the difference of this. This hurting person had an outward hurt, okay? It's not, I'm not telling anybody, I'm keeping to this myself or whatever. There's no question what is going on in this guy's mind or heart. There's no question what he was dealing with, this huge crowd, shoulder to shoulder, but he busts through the crowd crying out to Jesus. And I mean, you can imagine everybody, there was, there was, no, no way that anybody was questioning what this guy was trying to do. He was busting through, going, get out of my way. I need to get to that man. I'm pushing through. I need Jesus right now. I remember, Morgan re- remember this really well, about we had um, years ago, uh, and I told you guys some of these stories, we had this, um, the, the church directory, and before digital pictures and all that were possible of all the ways that we would network, we had paper and in uh, booklets, and, and they, the, the, we'd have those books, and they were outdated by the time they were printed. But anyways, that's a whole other story. And uh, we, would, we would have those. Well, we were doing all the photos for that, and they set up this room. And in the middle of that, the guy's bulb got so hot from the flash photography that it popped. It broke. He cleaned it up, or he thought he did, but there was a big chunk, chunk of glass. And like with pastor kids, this is the second home. So daddy was here all day working Sunday afternoon. And Morgan was down there playing with her shoes off, which she wasn't supposed to do. But she had her shoes off. And so Morgan stepped on that giant piece of glass. And it shoved right up in her foot. And it was horrible. And blood was everywhere. I went into daddy ninja mode, okay? I just, I went down there, grabbed her up, went down to the... You know, it looked like, I probably looked like a scene from Saving Private Ryan or something. You know, just like, get out of my way, I've got a wounded. And got her into the car and was driving her down to, you know, carrying her in because she couldn't walk and all this. Imagine if your daughter was dead and going to the last point of them sitting there and she's, he's watching this. And then maybe the wife or servants, whatever, turn to him and say, listen, she's not going to make it. Jerry, she's not going to make it. Your daughter, your baby's going to die. No way. I heard there's a man coming in the town. You, you keep her alive. I'll be back. And he, and he runs out. And just saying, think about the hurt. Think about where they're running to. Think about what was in, on his mind. I will get there and I know I'll get help. He didn't get anything from anybody in the crowd. You think about, they were all just like, I have needs too. I need this guy too. They thronged him. They pressed on him. It was crowded. And God explained this. He said, if we only had one daughter, about 12 years old, he was saying, let me explain the desperation of what's going on. Verse 42, and she, she lay dying. And as he went, the people thronged him. He's pouring his heart before Jesus. You talk about pain and heaviness. He's in the crowd. I, I don't know where he was, but he was in that crowd. He was in the congregation. He was sitting out there. He was standing out there. Verse 43, And the woman, having an issue of blood 12 years, 
which had spent all her living upon the physicians, neither could be healed of any. Now, here's the opposite. You go from one going, get out of my way, I need Jesus, my baby girl's going to die, to one that was literally just off in the shadows. Not saying a word, not wanting to be noticed, not raising her voice. Uh, she had this issue of blood. The problem would not go away. You, you talk about the, the uh, contrast. One gives his name. The other one, the one with the issue of blood, that's all we know. She has no name. There was one that was sick for someone else. And that's oftentimes the case of somebody coming in. Man, I'm heavy. I have got a lot in my heart because of somebody that I love. And then sometimes you have it and it says, it's me. I don't want to be needy. I don't want to raise a scene. I don't want to raise my hand. I, I don't want to go before the church. I don't want to pray at the altar and everybody go, what's wrong with them? I just, just, want, I just want to keep it cool. I don't want anybody asking what's going on. One cries out to Jesus. The other one says nothing. She, she doesn't say a word. She'd rather not have any, any attention on her whatsoever. And, and uh, Mark 5.25, uh, it, it describes the same story, which is the Gospels. And it says, a certain woman had an issue of blood of 12 years and suffered many things, many physicians, and had spent all that she had. Describes she spent all that she had. So not only did she have this physical, not only was it emotionally taking a toll on her, not only was she at the end of her rope that nobody could help her, she was broke. You want to know... What that feels like, you, you want to know, you talk about identifying with people, we all know what it's like to be broke. It, it's frustrating. It's like, hey, even if you bring me a solution, a solution, I have no money. I can't do anything anyways. There's nothing that I can do. It's, it's, it's explaining the two, uh, the differences of these people. Jerry's probably had money. He, he was sitting there saying, dude, I have got money. I, I've got people over me. I've, I could do all that. I mean, he had servants running up, but his, his money couldn't help his situation. And, and so it says in Mark 5, 21, for she said within herself, that you think about how people walk into a group like this. Well, they don't have time for me. And, and they're busy. I, I tell you, my, if they even knew, and even sometimes with people that had the issue of blood and those types of things, they were kind of an outcast because they didn't have anything. Lepers were an outcast. If you had certain ailments, so you just you need to stay away. You don't need to be in the middle of this. But for she, she said to herself, you keep it yourself. You, you, the, it running through her mind, it's consuming her. She probably was on her way and was like, no, I shouldn't go. I should go or whatever. Or am I going to be accepted? Well, they like me. Well, they push me away. All these other things. So people are just going through this in their, in their minds. So many things. Man, people lose their job. They're sitting in church. You know what's going through their mind? Losing their house. I, I mean, they're, they're, they're thinking about having to tell their kids that they, they can't pay the rent or worried about that, that piece of paper they could put on their door that, you know, that you, we gave you your last notice or your car is going to be taken away. And if I don't have my car, I can't work. And guys, we can say all day long, well, God's in control. And I know that God's in control. But man, these people that are hurting sitting there going, well, then where is he at in my life? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm falling apart. Why did I come here? There's too many people here. I can't even get close to him. Jesus is not going to care about my problem in the midst of this. No one, no one there was turning around saying, oh, do you have issues? Oh, I'm so sorry. It wasn't like that whatsoever. For she said within herself, if I may but just touch his garment, I shall be made whole. You talk about desperation. 
You talk about a difference of these two stories, but I'm going to tell you guys, our churches, our lives are filled with people just like this. I, I, I labeled this message, Take Notice, because I, I think it's important for us to take notice. Not just being the ones that are walking through the door and all this, but the people just take notice. But then that's where I get, I get into this of showing you how Jesus took notice. Man, what? Take, take, take notes on the life of Christ here. Take notes of how he lived. Look at how he looked at the hurting, and we look at the healer now. Listen, listen to how Jesus responds in this situation. Remember, it's a big crowd. People are everywhere. Hurts, you know, it's busy. And, you know, these people are feeling this way. And we go back to Luke eight forty four. Came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood was, was stanched. And, and Jesus said, who, who touched me? Now, this is, this is cool, and I've pointed out these points before, whatever. Jesus never asks questions because he does not know. You guys know that. Jesus never said, well, who was that? You know, hey, guys, come over here. Let's figure this out. Jesus doesn't ask questions. He was asking questions that teach a lesson. And I think it's important for us to take notes from Jesus right here to take notice. He stops in the middle of that, and he says, for someone, I love that, for someone has touched me. He's pointing this out. Notice his response. He was not caught off guard. He knew why he was there. He was intentional for being there. Guys, we have got to be intentional for coming to church. And I'm not saying what we've got to go through and constantly make it about everybody else and never minister ourselves or never grow or never worship. I'm not saying that you need to. But at the same time, sometimes God will set somebody right next to you that's going through something. You'll pass them in the hall. They're sitting by themselves. Nobody should ever, guys, let me tell you as my church family, as people that I love, nobody should ever walk into this building and walk out not feeling cared for. Never. Because people don't go to church by accident. The devil did not send them here. The world did not send them here. Their flesh did not send them here. I promise you. It was never that. So there's only one answer of why that person randomly came to church on that day. And by the way, it's not randomly, it's God. Because he sends them in to say there's something here that they need. And you say, well, they needed Jesus. Let me tell you who you are. You are the representation of Jesus. That's who you are. Every one of us should be Jesus to them. They should encounter you. They should encounter your love. They should encounter your compassion. Walk away going, what was that? All I know is I feel better. I feel different. I feel cared for. I feel noticed. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee. And sayest thou, who touched me? Questioned? What? Lord, there's a lot of people here. Come on, let's just keep going. There's a lot, lot to do. There's a lot of space. There's a lot of people. Lord, we have that meeting. We have an order of service. We, we, have, we have to get from here to here in this next thing. You know, you know what I'm saying? We're all busy. We're busy. We're busy. We're busy. If we're too busy for people, then we're not a church. If we're so busy that we cannot stop for the, the, the people that are here, Rip up the order of service and let's just get back to what, I'm not saying not to have order, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it should never come before the purpose. We come here to praise God, we come here to worship, but I'll tell you, we come here for, for being the body of Christ. 
I, I preach on a regular basis, at least once a week, every other week, some point in my ministry about Hebrews 10, about let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. That word consider means to take notice. That's what we do. God said, you know why you come together to worship, to preach, to teach, to all that? Yes, you should. The Bible is thrilled with that, filled with illustrations about that. Yes, but he, opening in, in Hebrews, he said, let us take notice of each other. Because out there, a lot of times the world does not do that. They don't. They could care less. They're going to take you for what you've got to offer and take you for what you, that you could do for them, and then they're done. And, and people, when they're down and depressed, the world tells them to go to a bar or go hang out or do this or do that. But I'll tell you, none of that fixes anything. But what we have makes a difference. Verse 46, and Jesus said, somebody hath touched me. No, Jesus points out and says, no, somebody here needed me. Jesus cared about the one in the midst of the congregation. He cared about the one. Guys, I can't reach every one, every service. I can't. I shake hands. I, 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 I pray with people. I go back. I'm down here. I'm in the lobby. I'm in the tin glass. I can't. But you think about if every one of us had the mindset to reach the one, somebody, somebody. And, and Jesus wasn't just saying, somebody touched me. Let's put it like this. Somebody was at the end of their rope. Somebody was broke and had nowhere else to go. Somebody was so depressed that this was her last option. Somebody here needed a touch of God. I, I believe that with the Holy Spirit of God and what God has taught us and led us and loved us and everything, that we are, we are, we are more equipped than we give ourselves credit. And I'm not saying come down and I'm going to wave my hand over them. And yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything like that. But I'm saying we have the indwelling of the Spirit of God. He shall receive power. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. God has equipped us with love and compassion and the Spirit of God and the Word of God and the Spirit of truth. God has equipped us to use it. And sometimes we have the mindset, well, and I'm not saying this is wrong. Praise God that we can have this and says, well, we need to get you to talk to Pastor Tony. And in some situations, you need to get them to talk to Pastor Tony. But sometimes I tell you, you won't ever offend me as a church. If I have to walk past the hallway and there's just a group of people gathered around somebody to pray with them. May, may that be something that we're known for. Man, church gets over and somebody's going through a hard time, go pray with them. Just stop everything and pray with them. In the lobby, whatever. You know, if you're a greeter, you're an usher, you're whatever, you see somebody, go pray with them. There's not a greater way to minister to that person than just stopping and praying with them and calling their name out before God. And they'll sit there and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you say, what am I doing? All I did was do what I was created to do. But you connected to them to something that they were missing in their life. She needed healing. Man, God works through us to, 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 to touch people's lives. It's, it's amazing what he was teaching us through this. This point of her life changed everything. And you think, why does the Bible in the midst of this crowd point this out? Because God wants us to know how to help people. Notice his compassion. The common story of both of these is that they were reaching out and God acknowledged their hurt. God wanted to help. God wanted them to feel cared for. 
you know, this woman was quiet in the shadows. All, all of these things are, are, are happening around them. Notice verse 47. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling, falling down before him. And she declared unto him and before all the people what cause she had touched him and how she was healed. How powerful is this? She came trembling. Like, I don't know if she felt like she was in trouble. I don't know because Jesus pointed out. I don't know if she was embarrassed or whatever. And you know what Jesus does? Jesus steps in and he calms even her trembling in that situation. Uh, And he says unto her, verse 48, and he said unto her, what's the next word? Remember, she didn't have a name. The woman with the issue of blood. (laughs) That's who she is. God calls her out and he turns to her and says, daughter, it's a turn of endurement. It's a statement of a relationship. It's a personal connection. Jesus was saying to her, you're not just lost in the crowd. You're not just somebody. You matter to me. You want to know how we show the love of God and show compassion and make a difference in our culture, in our day and age, in our world? You, you tell people that they matter. Do you know why people take their lives? Because they're at the end of the rope and they really think, and this is one of the things that goes through most people's minds before they commit suicide. Nobody will care. Nobody will notice. It's better off that I'm gone. It's better off that I'm not here. And you know what we do as Christians? No, it's the opposite. You have value to God and you matter to us. Think about that. You are the messenger of God that tell them that they have value to God and you matter to us. And I'm not just saying go through it in just a cliche, well, you matter to us at fellowship. No, God created them for a reason and a purpose. You have value to God. Let them know that they have value to God. It was, he called her daughter. He gave her attention do we, do we not have time to give people personal attention? And I know because at church, people say, I'm not trying to focus on this or whatever, but sometimes people have this mindset that the, the pastor should give me personal attention. Man, I love giving people attention. I love talking to people. But my reach is only this. You know, I preached that one time on that. My, my reach is only this. And if I have to rely on my reach on a Sunday, we're going to fail every Sunday. But think about all of our reach. Every one of you. If, if I was to do this and say, reach out and, you know, flick somebody's ear right now. You could, you, you could touch somebody right now. That might irritate them, but it'd prove a point. But you, you, you have the power, every one of us, to say, hey, who's around me? Let me take notice. Let me do something. Let me reach. Let me give them attention. Let, let me encourage them. Let me pray for them. I, I, I think she probably walked out of there not only healed, but a spring in her step of, he called me daughter. Yeah, I, I, I think just edifying people. Man, just encouraging them. It's good to see you every week. Man, how are you doing? I've been praying for you. I appreciate your friendship. Man, build people up. Isn't that what we do in the body of Christ? That, that, that you might use your words to edify and all the times that the Bible says the edifying building up of the body of Christ. Well, here in the middle of this, Jairus, Jairus, verse 49, while he gets back, there cometh from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying, thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. Trouble not the master. 
He's, they're, they're so busy. I, I don't know how busy you are. Trouble, I don't want to be a bother. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered saying, fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Verse 51, I love this. When he came into the house. Could Jesus have just said, which he has done, I could show you other story. And Jesus said, go, thy, you know, thy daughter liveth. Oh, yay. No, he said, no, I want to go into thy house. He stepped into their hurt. He stepped into their mess. This compassion and action, not just words. And sometimes we just leave it at words. Jesus was like, no, let's go see your little girl. Let, let me, and he walked in their house and verse 54, and he put them all out and he took her by the hand and called saying, maid arise. And her spirit came again and she arose straightway and commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished being charged when they should tell no man what was done. I, I, I just think of that, and he took her by the hand. I, I just, the, the, if that was you and that was Jesus, and, and you wake up and Jesus, the Son of God, was grabbing your hand to pull you up, and just th- that personal connection. Jesus didn't go, you know, wave his hands over or whatever. No, it was, it, was, it was in their house and in that room and, and, and touching and building up and pulling her up. And I just, it's just overwhelming to think of the, the, the love and the personal action happening in this. Because I know we don't have the power to heal physically in our, in our hands or whatever, but we serve the God that does. We have the power to love. We have the power to notice people. We have the power to care for people. Think about that. We have the power to care for people. The power to have compassion. Every day, every Sunday, we come to a crowd. But there's hurting people in every crowd. Actually, more than we could probably explain. And I think I want to step into those crowds and be like Jesus. And I just think, man, if we all stepped into those crowds to be like Jesus, think of, wow, what an impact what we could have on people. And some of them are vocal. Some of them will come in and say, I need to talk to somebody. And some of them will be off to the side just going, I'm nobody, I don't want to be seen. But Jesus reached out to both of them. Let's be like Jesus.